Hey everybody, welcome back. I am Cyborg, joined by Temp, and we are reviewing Halloween H2O. We're reviewing all the movies in the Halloween series leading up to the new Halloween. So if you haven't checked out the previous reviews, make sure you go and do that. And if you haven't watched the movies, I would advise doing that before listening to the reviews, because we will get into spoilers. With that said, let's jump right into the movie. So this one, we start off with Mr. Sandman, a nice callback to Halloween 2, and you instantly see the knife plunge down into the pumpkin, so we get sort of a pumpkin, you know, it's not like the opening credits where you're flashing around a pumpkin or anything like that, but you get a nice, cool callback to the franchise in general with the pumpkin, and you see all the kids going crazy, running around in the neighborhood, excited for Halloween, carving a jack-o'-lantern, all of that good stuff. It just seemed like a lot of fun, kind of building up that atmospheric mood that we talked about in Halloween 4. What'd you think? Um, I mean, obviously, Mr. Sandman was cool. Um, I think, I feel like Halloween 2 is almost more important than Halloween 1 in terms of what influenced this movie. Um, so yeah, it's very fitting. And like, honestly, as much as I, I kind of kind of rag on Halloween 2 a lot, the Mr. Sandman stuff was cool. So I liked it. It was good. Yeah, it was a good good part of halloween 2 for sure love the callback to mr sam and we get a, quite a few callbacks to the original throughout this film actually beyond halloween 2 so i'll kind of point that point those out as we go as long as well as some homages so yeah I'll, there's like I'll a million sure. loomis scares in this movie even though there's no loomis yeah like, <laughs> um but anyway yeah. i did we'll probably get to that <laughs> so we've got uh Anyway, so we got the opening there, and then we get some opening credits, and uh, the Loomis, and the credits are narrated by Doctor Loomis. Which did that? Was that Donald Pleasance? Did that sound like him to you? I don't think so. I, I it did, did sound like that to him, but I don't really have a good ear for that. But I thought there was a narrator casting in the in the credits I saw, and it wasn't so, Donald Pleasance, or was Donald Pleasance? I don't think it was him, but that that could have been referencing someone else. I don't recall any other narrator. So I, mean, I think it, it's got to be him. I mean, it was all like it was his lines and it was him explaining the backstory. He they redid the lines from Halloween one and all that. It just I don't know. It just sounded weird to me. It, it did not sound like it sounded like a guy trying to be Donald Pleasance. It just didn't sound quite uh, quite right. Um, let me let me look it up here and see if he has any sort of credit on IMDb real quick. Well, I know the new one, they did hire a Donald Pleasance a voice mimic. So they're doing that for the new movie, which, I mean, only makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. Like, you could have just, for this specifically, you could have just reused his lines. I mean, why why not just reuse his lines from the original? I, I Maybe there's a reason for it. It said voiceover is Tom Kane, so. That's what I saw. That sounds right. Yeah, so that would not be... Donald Pleasant, which makes sense to me just because, like I said, it didn't sound quite right like him. So I'm not shocked that it wasn't him, but I am shocked that they wouldn't just reuse his lines. I don't know. Maybe there's a legal reason. Maybe they wanted clearer audio that they couldn't get from the original. I have no idea, but just odd. 
I'm Maybe almost it's positive it's the latter. I don't think there's legal reasons just because the producer has been pretty consistent throughout all the movies. But um, I know like in a lot of gaming, they have to re-record lines when they remaster a game because when they uh, when they scale up the audio for the remasters, you can hear like cars driving by the studio in the background and right. it just doesn't work. So they have to re-record everything. So it makes sense. All right. Well, either way. So we get the opening credits. Like the, the credits do come in with... Dr. Loomis kind of given his lines there and they do a lot of flashes to newspaper articles, etc. Um, and we, and we see here nurse Marion, this, this actually happens before the credits, but nurse Marion, who is once again, from the original Halloween, as well as Halloween two, I believe it's the same actress as well. And, uh, yeah, she's brought back. She has realized that somebody broke into her home. She goes to get some kids next door, or I guess she runs into them. And then you, I did notice that there was like the, the dark car that was parked outside of it in the driveway. It looked a lot like the one that uh, Michael Myers drives in Halloween 5, you know, that he takes from Mikey. I thought that was interesting. I don't think it's the same type of car or even the same color, but it, it kind of resembled it. It was just kind of a fun little callback, even though I believe this movie is to retcon the whole Halloween 4 and 5, so, as well as 6. So it's, I'm sure it's if anything, it was just a nice little nod, but yeah. Well, that was confusing too, and maybe we'll get more into that later, but I I had a feeling that was going to be the case. I remember someone telling me that before, but they show in the credits the paper clipping of, you know, Laurie Strode died in car wreck. Right. And I'm thinking, don't they reference the car wreck in part four? But that doesn't make, I don't know. I was confused by that. Yeah, but anyway. I mean, it 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 retcons it but at the same time they do have like an homage i mean i think they even show like the scissors that jamie used to stab her her mother-in-law or whatever so i i don't know from my understanding it's there to retcon it but it doesn't maybe it pays homages to it it you know gives it a little nod i i'm not quite sure honestly but uh yeah but then you run into the Lori Strode had a daughter and then just abandoned her or what? <laughs> I mean, then that's when things get awkward and weird. So I have a theory about that where the reason why they told Jamie she died in a car wreck is because that's not what happened at all. Uh, she was clinic like she was clinically deemed unfit to be a mother and they took Jamie away. It's and possible, um, that's what I, I my head cannon says, but I don't even know if the producers know. It's one of those things where. And that doesn't explain Josh Hartnett's character at all, so I don't know how far that theory could go, but that that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so <laughs> Marion, <laughs> Mary, I think that's her name, Marion, uh, the nurse, either way, from part one and two. So if I get the name wrong, well, she's a nurse from part one and two. And so she ends up getting killed by Michael, and I do like... This is kind of our first introduction to Michael once again, and he he's standing in the background out of focus, so this is the Michael I like. He's They don't really announce his presence, though they do later on in the film, so I'll kind of gripe about that a little bit. But yep, so she gets killed, and the police are in the house next door while she's getting killed. So, no bueno, which was odd, because why they wouldn't hear her screaming and knock out the window while they just went inside the other house is beyond me it didn't sound like there's a ton of noise going on but you know whatever Movie. well that was frustrating too because she took him down she was almost there and yeah. it's not really clear why she couldn't 
I don't know. I, I would have, per- if you got him on the ground, I would have gone for the door, not the window, but that's me. Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. Silly, 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 Marion. So then we kind of flash forward a little bit here. And the next thing I had noted down is Michael's car essentially dies. And then a mother and her child, her daughter, are going to a rest stop to the bathroom. And they're driving this old truck. And they're in the men's bathroom because they the women's is closed or whatever. And uh, yeah, so they go in there. And this is actually an effective scene, I thought, because, man, I feel like that's relatable because how like how vulnerable would you feel in that situation when her daughter's in one stall and she's in the next one and then she starts to see a shadow of somebody and then she looks through like the little peephole or like the the cracks in between the stall doors and sees that there's a guy in a mask like that would creep me the fuck out like yeah i would i would be losing my shit which good Rest thing I'm are already t- gross horrible yeah. places if you stack that on top of it it's not 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 great so yeah, I just thought that was like that was a really well done location for that. I just thought it was like I said, it was very I felt I mean she was vulnerable for several reasons. Even if it was just her alone, she would have been vulnerable, but then she had her kid next to her and then she ends she ends up just busting out of there and like cuz her kid screams, but it ends up being a spider, but she's there to protect her kid. So you got to admire that, but Michael just didn't even want to mess with them for whatever reason. He just passed up. He's got other things to do. He's got a target in mind and he's got you know, certain time frame he has to, he's got to be there by Halloween. He doesn't have time to <laughs> mess around. I like the double down. take though. The, the, the pause and look back and yeah. she's looking into the mirror. That was through the, the crack. That was right. really well done. Yeah. He's just like, see ya. I'm out of here. But yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, so he ended up just taking her truck. So that's all he really wanted from them. And yeah, so we, we know he's there. And then we, uh, next thing we got here is, but yeah, I just want to note that was creepy. So good, good horror thriller type of setting there. I thought was really well done. And then we get a nice callback to the original because we are introduced to Molly and John, which is Lori's son and his girlfriend. And I, when they're in class and Lori's the teacher or the professor or whatever, when they're in class, Molly's looking out the window and she sees Michael. And then when she looks back again, he's gone. So I thought that was kind of a cool callback to the original. Like I said, there are there are callbacks to the original Halloween because that's how when Laurie saw Michael, she saw him outside of the school through the window and then she looks back and he's gone. So kind of cool things like that. They do. I feel like they're trying to recapture a lot of like the the steps that the original took in a way. So like I said, I noted down as I as I did notice those. Now there's a couple more coming too. There's a, right. they, I mean, they do a lot of new stuff with Michael. I, I coming later, but um, yeah, it was a nice mix. I, it's a very signature Michael though. I don't feel like Michael acts this way in a lot of other movies, but there's a nice blend. Yeah, it, yeah, it's very I agree. unique duo though. I agree. Just his movement, and we'll get into talking about Michael as we usually do when we kind of dive like dive further into the characters. Um, next thing I had noted here is the cameo by Janet Lee, and she is known for Psycho, Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. She was the original scream, scream queen or whatever in the, like I said, the movie Psycho. And I like that she re, like she tells Lori, everyone's entitled to one good scare. I thought that was a great callback to the original. I love that line that Sheriff Brackett uses. And then, 
the car and like when she's driving away, when Janet Lee is driving away, it is the car from Psycho as well as the music from Psycho. So I thought that like the little tune that they play in Psycho. So that I didn't cool. know that was her. That's interesting. I did not realize that was her. Yep. So that was a cool cameo and a cool little nod to Psycho. So yeah, I just I I like that. I thought that was cool. Like that. Do 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 do. I can't do it. I'm a fucking idiot. But no, I yeah. I just uh, it's a good tune. It's a good tune there from Psycho. And then uh, next up we have uh, we we do see LL Cool J. He's talking to his wife on the phone. He's like trying to do dirty talk, but it's like from a novel. So it's kind of funny. So there's some little funny back and forth play between him and his wife over the phone. And uh, Michael pulls up in his truck, essentially. And he's kind of freaked out and spooked because no one's in the truck. He's the guard at the front of the campus or whatever, the dorms. And so he can he can let people in through the gates. But he goes out to investigate the truck. And uh, while uh, he's investigating the truck like he's looking inside of it through the driver's side you see michael just stealthfully pass behind him i thought that was cool like he's really picking the spots here which i think is interesting well anyways he goes back into the little guard shack and then michael's still playing with him even like knocks on the window and then disappears again so a lot of little interplay there so i thought that all was pretty neat so that's a very rare footage of Michael Myers actually moving in and out of the way. Normally, when you look back, he's just gone, or you look back and he's just there. But it actually shows him, shows him like sneak back into the window spot. That was kind of cool. I always like it when you see Michael in a new situation. I'm always a big fan of that. I always want more of that. So that was tight. Right, right. Sometimes you get him sneaking in like snake. Sometimes you see him floating down a river. You know. It's nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe he's gonna do both at the same time get a cardboard oh, box and ride a river to sneak I'd into a base <laughs> i pay money all right uh so the next uh notable scene here is Lori is talking to her boyfriend i believe is will i think i caught his name was and she's talking to her boyfriend and she's not going by the name Lori. that's important to note she's in the police protection plan so to speak and she has a completely new name new life and obviously for her protection but she's paranoid and she thinks michael's going to return so she's kind of always looking over her shoulder she sees him in you know windows and stuff she sees his reflection so she's she's having nightmares so clearly she she's traumatized obviously so she's preparing for it and she kind of tells this guy her story. She's very anti-Halloween, anti-celebrating. She's more of a tough mom on her kid, just because, you know, the events in her past definitely played a factor here. She's very protective, overly protective, clearly. And, yeah, so she's telling the guy her story, tells her or tells him who she really is, that she's Laurie Strode, tells the story of what happened. He's heard of the story. He doesn't seem to believe her at first, but then, like, he does take her seriously when she's done telling it. And, uh, yeah, so I thought that was kind of an interesting moment and was odd to hear the constant kissing noises as she's telling the story. <laughs> I don't know. It was just odd. Well, I think she says something really messed up in dark, and he responds with, take off your blouse or something. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's just like... <laughs> It's just like your typical guy where it's just like he like she's trying to like be serious and tell him something. And he's just like he just wants sex. So. <laughs> Anyways, 
so there's that that moment but then she does freak out because she realizes that when she was attacked she was 17 years old and she just realized that john is 17 years old so now she's worried that tonight on halloween michael will finally come like what she's feared and what she's had nightmares about will actually become reality then we cut over to the kids they did not get on the bus john was supposed to yosemite and he does not go and they're gonna party him his girlfriend molly and their friends and charlie goes to find the corkscrew which made me instantly think of friday the 13th part four with crispin glover ted or whatever the guy's name where does the where's the hell is the corkscrew <laughs> and that's when <laughs> jason just shoves it right into his hand or whatever so that reminded me of that but no that's not what happens here he actually drops the corkscrew into the garbage disposal so we get the nice final destination type of scene where he goes to reach in the reach in to get the corkscrew and it was at this moment where i really started to get like not really ups like bothered but it was just like they have like a they do the little camera pan and noise and it's just like they show michael show up like oh he's here he's watching this guy reach for the corkscrew and it's like you don't need to put a shot directly on michael and then play a noise like he's here like you could have just don't you think it would have been way more effective if you have a shot from the sink looking at the guy, he's reaching for the corkscrew, and then in the background you see Michael slowly walk into the doorframe and then slowly, or even just observing the kid. Like, don't you think in the like that would have just been a way better shot? Kid in the foreground, Michael in the background. Like, we know he's there, and now you're like, oh, shit. Like, he better get that. He better pay attention. He better, you know, be aware of his surroundings. But no, they just got to be like, oh, Michael's here. I don't know. It's just, it's just things like that that I, I don't understand. That's to me that should be horror filmmaking 101, and just an odd choice to do that. There's a time and a place for it. I don't really think Michael makes sense to do that kind of stuff. I do like long shots where you see the villain for like a long time, just getting closer and closer. Right. You just build that up. But that's not really what they did. Like it's just kind of like no, I know. It felt very nonchalant casual in a weird way it's all i don't know it's almost become a parody to a degree it's like here's michael he's he's gonna he, we show michael and then we're gonna pan back to the kids so you know michael's there but instead of having the tension of you see michael observing in the background out of focus and then he gets closer and closer and closer it's like instead of doing that and let us see michael you know, out of frame and then, you know, become further into focus and let us recognize that, oh, he really is there. Or he comes out of the shadows and we just realize it, that he's there the whole time. Instead of letting us, the viewer, realize it, it's like they just got to throw it right in our face and like, here's Michael. I don't know. It's just, like I said, that, in my opinion, is such simple filmmaking that I, I don't understand why they didn't do that. Like I said, it's become, it's become a parody. It's like, instead of it's ruining the surprise, I guess. It's just, here. here's Michael. Here's Michael. Just throw him on the screen real quick, just so you're paying attention, rather than get bored because this kid's, you know, looking for his corkscrew. So, anyways, not to go on a tangent on that too much. So, when the kid finally notices Michael, this is where we see the CGI mask. <laughs> did you notice? <laughs> did you notice the CGI mask? I didn't notice the CGI mask. I didn't notice the eyes. Um, the oh eyes, gosh. like I know you complain that you hate when they put a black cloth over the eye holes, 
But like, there is so much eye flesh going on with this mask. Yeah, this is the opposite. This is, there's a way to do it, like where his eyes are in shadow, but you can see that there's eyes there, but they're not like, like these, like they might as well just put like LED lights around the eye holes and be like, here's his eyes, folks. Like, like there was. Draw an arrow. Yeah, I know. There was, like, like I said, this is the opposite. This is too far in the other direction. I like darkness, but then you can see the eyes if if you get close enough, but not like flesh. You should just be able to see the eyes, not the, like you see everything. You see his skin and everything around. I don't know. It's just, I agree that that's really odd. But no, this is a CGI mask. So there's four separate masks in this movie that are used and they all look different. And most of them are only used in like one or two shots, whereas he has a consistent mask throughout most of the other film or for the rest of the film. But yes, this is a full on CGI mask because they shot it and they couldn't change it in time or whatever. I don't remember the exact reason. So they just CGI'd it and it looks absolutely awful. Go back and watch this scene it is just horrific CGI. <laughs> like it looks, it looks like somebody just photoshopped a mask onto him. Like it is not well, good. This is not Incredible Hulk CGI. This is somebody that just went into Photoshop to quickly, like this is Justice League Superman mustache. mustache. <laughs> like it's obvious CGI. Well, I'm I'm double laughing over here because the way you said it was like there was a stutter. <laughs> like you should go back and watch this. Scene. <laughs> I don't know why, but anyway, yeah. No, okay. I'll I'll, I'll consider that. Okay. Um, I was I, I was gonna... aware of that, but I didn't think about it when I saw the movie because I think you told me that during the Halloween two review, maybe before we started recording. So I wasn't cognizant of that, but I'll, I may recheck that just to see. Okay. I may here you for go. A compilation. Here you go. Yeah. It's it's in the it's in the Discord. <laughs> So, blow that yeah. up blow that up and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some e-bombs world shit right yeah, there i don't know what that is but that is a cgi mask. it's like an 80s music video <laughs> i know it's so bad i don't i can't believe that made it into the final cut but they couldn't take on me in my head now yeah <laughs> they couldn't go back and reshoot it i guess so uh yeah anyways Moving on from that, I thought that's hilarious. That is... Okay, I know I rip on the part four, or the Halloween four mask a lot, but that is the worst mask. The CGI mask. That is definitely the absolute worst, by far. Okay, so we get that UE CGI mask. Michael kills Charlie. Charlie. And uh, so his... Charlie's girlfriend finds him in the dumbwaiter, so... She climbs into the dumbwaiter to escape Michael, goes up, and then Michael cuts the... Because she gets, like, her leg caught, and then she's getting out of the dumbwaiter, and she's struggling to get out, and Michael cuts the rope, and then the dumbwaiter goes down before she gets her leg all the way out. Then we get the gross owie of her essentially having her leg snapped in half where it's dangling on by threads. And then uh, she's crawling on the ground, bleeding profusely, and then comes up to Michael and is begging for her life. But then he he proceeds to stab her, not once. Like, usually we are akin to Michael. He's pretty much one and done. He either suffocates you or he slices your throat or he stabs you and you're that's it. Like, this was just full on 
stabby, 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 like anger stabby, you know? Which would have been good if they were consistent. Like, if this was, like, a more frustrated, tired, I'm done with this shit, Michael, throughout the whole movie, I would have liked this a lot. But it's just this and one other scene, really, in my opinion. So I thought it was strange. Right. So, yeah, he stabs her a bunch, and she's dead. So then we got uh, we got John and Molly. They come across the blood trail when they're looking for their friends, and... They think it's a joke at first, so they come across... This is actually a really cool scene. So they follow the blood trail, and then they come across her body. Like, they turn on the light, and she's hanging from, like, a cord, like, a where an old-time, you know, light bulb that's just hanging by a string or whatever. Sometimes you see that in, like, warehouses and whatnot or basements. And her body is, like, cut up in a way that she has a hole in her chest or stomach or whatever... So it's been hollowed out, and then the light bulb is inside, visible. So when they turn the light on, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of a cool. It was good. I agree. A cool looking scene, and it's we're getting that Michael that messes with people and creates, you know, Halloween ornaments out of people, and it's just that to me. Even though I I don't see the stabby 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 as Michael so much, that's not that's not Michael to me. I did think the making a Halloween ornament out of her basically is very much up his corner so it restores the idea that this is kind of a craft to michael and he's very good at it yeah and also that you know he's still got his like kid you know trickery and um type of thing so we get that and then as john and molly come across the body they freak out obviously and they get the hell out of there and as they pass they see michael and michael has a head tilt which is another callback to the original when he tilted his head or cocked his head or whatever like a dog when he looked at uh, the guy that he stabbed up against the cabinet door and was just hanging there. So as they're fleeing, um, Michael gets a hold of Molly and is attacking her. But John, you know, does is a hero. So he saves her, fights Michael off and gets stabbed himself. They get they get out of there, though. They flee away from Michael. They go crazy. They're you know, they're getting the keys, they get in, like, there's a two-door system, basically, there's a gate, and then right in front of their door, and then there's the door a few feet from that, so they get inside the gate, but they're, you know, they don't, they're struggling, because she, Molly drops the keys, stupid, (laughs) but that's (laughs) horror movies, and then, so she drops the keys, she's trying to get it, Michael starts swiping, then we get a nice little Halloween 2, like, kind of call out, where he's just swiping endlessly at her, and then, uh, He's smart enough to grab the keys. So they're freaking out. They're banging on the door. And this would be another Halloween 1 callback, I would imagine. Because, you know, he's somebody opened the damn door, basically. He's screaming, much like Laurie in the original was screaming for Tommy to open the door. And uh, all of a sudden, you see Laurie open the upstairs bedroom window. And she's very tired. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, so she, she comes and she lets both of them in at the last moment before Michael can get to him. And then right as she closes the door, because it's like a circular window on the door, um, right as she closes the door, she looks in the window, and then Michael's right on the other side. And yeah, this is where we see another actual, one of the, one of the other masks that I mentioned. Just a brief mask, brief shots. And it is a very plain mask um, compared to compared to what they use in the full-on movie. Here, I'll, I'll send you a picture of that as well, real quick. 
it was just a compilation of three of the ones from the movie. <laughs> but yeah, the one on the, the the one on the right is the uh what you see for a split second. So yeah, that very odd plane gets rid of all the features and it's because the story behind that is the director or I think it was the director, he thought in his opinion, what he remembered of Michael Myers, he didn't really care to do the research, but in his what his idea of Michael Myers was is the mask had no features at all. It was just a plain white face, like with no expression at all. And it's like, so that's why it just looks so plain. And yeah, it does not look like Michael Myers. It just looks very odd. Like that's a, I don't know. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> well, I, I find that hard to believe. I think probably there was someone who thought that, but I had trouble believing it was the director just because this movie has a very good director. Um, this movie has the best cinematography out of all, including the Carpenter one. I think the cinematography is so good. Now, nothing against Carpenter, but just he's working mostly in the dark. Um, and it's still kind of early-ish Carpenter. But, like, this movie's beautiful. This movie looks so good. Um, it's He's not as good as Atmosphere, but that Carpenter does that better. But that's a different category. Um, so this guy's very competent. He did a lot of good movies, in my opinion. Um he did Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3. Yep. Um, Steve Miner, yeah. What I like him for is Warlock, a very underrated horror film that doesn't get any attention for some reason. Um, so it'd be so weird if you got that wrong. It's fucking... I gotta close this picture. Um, I'm <laughs> laughing at the one in the middle because... I, I remember seeing that in the movie. Like, the other masks, I, I kind of only remember vaguely, but this one, I remember the scene. We see this mask. And I'm like, what's going on with his mouth? He looks like someone just told him they canceled MASH. Like, I don't know what's going on with that mouth. It's like, what? I don't know. It's surprised. Why is the mask looking surprised? Like, that's the opposite of no features. But anyway, yeah, I I don't know why they did that. But you're right. Clearly, the other mask is, it doesn't work. Yeah. None of these really work. Yeah, I'm not. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was the director, but I, I could be, I could be wrong. Um, I'll have to look a little bit further into that. But uh, I, because I remember from documentaries, I'm pretty sure. Because basically, from what I remember, whether it's director or not, the nobody like agreed that it looked right. Like it just didn't look like Michael Myers, and I think they filmed more scenes with that, but then they ended up changing. The props, like the props department, the guy that made the mask, basically was just like, no, like they all agreed that it didn't work. Like that was not what Michael Myers was supposed to look like. So they they eventually changed it to the one that you see for most of the film. Um, but yeah, so just a little trivia there, just a little knowledge. I'm pretty sure as a director, but yeah, I can always go back and look at that um moving on regardless so we find i mean nobody's perfect but it could have very well been him but i mean we'll definitely research that later um anyway so we we get to the first confrontation between laurie and michael so we finally get it like for realsies and yeah so now this is kind of where in my opinion the the movie really starts to pick up Right now, once we get Michael and Lori back to one on, or you know, not one on one, but back in the mix here, like the chase is on. This is where I, I thought it really started to pick up. And I thought it was funny that, once again, another callback to the original 
Lori immediately puts the kids in the closet. <laughs> They're just like, <laughs> she's, you hide in, you hide in here, you hide in here. So I thought that was good. Um, we do see Will get uh, killed by Michael, and Lori knocks Michael down with the fire extinguisher. Well, I, I should say Will does shoot, if that's his name, does shoot uh, LL Cool J <laughs> accidentally, <laughs> thinking it was, thinking it was Michael, and then. Um, Lori knocks out Michael with the fire extinguisher because she tricks him thinking that made him think that they were in a closet and he just busted that closet. Those kids were not safe at all because he just, (laughs) it takes less than two seconds to get through the closet door, but it was the wrong closet door. Um, so she tricked him, knocks him out the fire extinguisher. He's down. She runs, you know, like 15, 20 feet down the hall and they're actually in the closet down the hall. She opens it up, tells him, you know, we got to go. Get the hell out of here. And then I love this shot because in the background, this is another great shot where you see in the background, Michael sits up and then just gets up. Like we see him. So then we get an immediate sense of urgency. So I thought that was a really cool shot. Lori. uh, So they escape. Basically, she tells the kids to get in the, the Jeep or whatever and at the gate and tells them to get the hell out of here. Tells Molly to drive, you know, John to get the hell out of there, get some ambulances, get the police, all of that, send them back, and she's going to stay and fight. So I thought that was a good direction for her character. I mean, even when they have their initial confrontation, when she opens the door and then they first face off, she immediately pulls out a gun, but he's gone. So it's like, she has been prepared for this, and I like that this is a Lori that is going to stay and fight and do what she has to do to finish the job and not live in fear anymore. Whereas in the original, we constantly saw her, whenever she would beat Michael, like knock him down or you thought he was dead, she'd drop his weapon and then she would just walk away or stumble away. Like this is not a Lori that is taking any crap and she, you know, she's taking it to the next level. She's being the aggressor. I, I like that about her. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit further. We got a little bit more here to go. So um, she stays to finish the fight, as I said. And then we have a sequence of Lori is hiding under some tables, basically trying to avoid Michael because she's going back to when she went back to pick a fight with him. She was carrying the axe. She calls him out, but then he knocks the axe out of her hands and she has to kind of go on the defense there. So she is underneath some tables. Um, There's a whole like big room with several tables with cloths on them. So she's kind of trying to hide under several ones. She keeps moving over, crawling under other ones. But Michael's actually on top of the table, and this was a great shot. I thought that whole scene was set up really nicely. This was actually a scene, I can't remember if it was Halloween 4 or 5, but this was actually a scene originally written for Jamie. Um, for Like I said, it was either Halloween 4 or 5, the writer of one of those films. I can't quite remember which one, but it was never filmed because they just ran out of budget or time or whatever, but they actually, uh, Mustafa Akkad liked that so much that they ended up using it here. So I thought that was kind of cool. So I, I remember in the documentary, the writer felt quite flattered that they used something that he wrote that never made it in um, for another movie. So he thought that was pretty cool. So I thought that was an effective uh, scene. I enjoyed Lori knocking over the, the knife set and then immediately chucking knives at Michael as he's walking in. <laughs> I'm kind of conflicted on that. <laughs> just, uh... I just, it was a cool scene. I mean, she was pretty inaccurate <laughs> with most of those. <laughs> like, she just threw them all and missed with most of them, if not all. But, 
Yeah, I mean, even still if she cool. hits some, like, if you hit anything other than like an eye, like, it's not gonna do anything. Like, you need yeah. real force to penetrate a ribcage, sure, or anything, any part of the body. Speaking the, like, of which, brain. so Michael is now he's looking for her and he's going down a hall, and now we have Lori jumping out and attacking him. And I love this scene. This is probably one of my favorite of the whole movie. Lori is just unloading on Michael. She takes like a nice size knife herself. And she just starts stabbing, stabbing, stabbing very aggressively. Um, I just thought that was awesome. It was just like one of those, get it, get it. Like you are, she's just being a total badass. Stabbing him profusely multiple times, pushing him off the ledge. He crashes down through the table. I just thought that was an awesome scene for her in general. So, um, Agreed. Yeah. And then... This is another one where she's going to finish the job. She is not like this. If this is Lori in the first movie, after she stabbed him multiple times, knocks him off the edge, like she would have just been done. But on there, pulls the knife out of him. And then she's going to essentially, you know, finish the job, slice his throat, whatever, whatever she's got to do. But then as she's, you know, pulling her hand up to finish the job, we have LL Cool J, who's not actually dead, come and stop her and says, you know, he's dead, he's dead, let's go, let's get the hell out of here. And he pulls her away. And then we see the police arrive, ambulance arrive, John and Molly are there as well, and everybody's being taken care of, and they, they're taking Michael away, but Lori's like, you know what? Once again, being a badass, she pulls, she grabs the axe, she pulls one of the officer's guns out, and she says, nope, I'm taking them. So they finished loading them in, she gets in the van with just Michael. He's in a body bag and she gets the hell out of there. And it's like, she does not want to see him, you know, taken and then just escape again or taken presumed dead only to escape. She doesn't want any of that. She wants to end it for sure. And wants that resolution. So she drives away. And as she's driving away, she keeps checking back to see if the body bag is going to move at all. And she keeps checking and eventually it does. And she catches it. And so Michael gets out of the body bag and then as he lunges toward her, she immediately slams on the brake, uh, the brakes and he crashes through the windshield. Awesome. I love that. And just look good. And then she just smashes right into him. Kind of a callback to Halloween part four with Rachel crashes right into him. They go right. Like they essentially go like off the side of the road, off a hill, a cliff, whatever, and roll down several times, and he gets smashed up against a tree, and she gets thrown from the vehicle. She grabs the axe. She's going up to Michael. He's kind of like, reach like he seems surprised, and he's reaching for his mask. He's reaching out towards her, and she kind of reaches out towards him in a nice little touching moment, but then decapitates him. You get the Halloween theme, and yeah, that is movie michael myers head just got cut off that's the movie all right now let's get into overall thoughts characters what do you got um well the last 20 minutes are much better than everything else um agreed i mean if, if we go by your summary your summary omits a lot of the josh hartnett stuff which is and, a good thing <laughs> yeah which is a good thing it's a. Uh, Man, I am so tired of young teenagers in small towns, like in small suburbia midwestern towns. Oh my gosh, am I tired of that? So the Josh Hartness stuff really weighs down the movie quite a bit. Um, yeah. And the Jamie Lee Curtis stuff is so strong. Agreed. And um, 
I don't even have anything against Josh Hartnett. I think as an actor, he's fine. He's, he doesn't make good movies. I don't know why he doesn't. I wish he did. Like, he's a good actor, but he just he can't get a good script. Um, yeah. So I think it really hurt this movie that you bring back Jamie Lee Curtis, make her the, like, the stand-in hero, and then you write in a, a son character who's just a dick to her. Like, I just, I feel like that, I didn't need that subplot, but... But I mean, that's obviously there's more to the movie than that. Um, I like I said, the last twenty minutes are really good. I thought LL Cool J was good. I liked him. He added a lot of personality to the movie. Yeah, I mean, this was Laurie's movie, absolutely. This was bringing her back. I mean, that's what they were doing with this. This was a, this is essentially what the new Halloween movie's doing, in that they are just like, you know what, we made all these other films. We went down several roads that they probably regretted. Um, so now they're like, let's get Jamie Lee Curtis back. They wrote a script that clearly she was on board for. And for one reason or another, and she went, she came back 20 years later to essentially put this to rest. And yeah, I thought it was strong for her. I I didn't like, you know, her boyfriend stuff. I didn't like the kids stuff. It was all about her and Michael. And that's why definitely I agree. The last 20 minutes of the film are what make the film i mean you could honestly had just that like a 30 minute short film with just her and michael and it would have been probably more solid from start to finish because it all the rest of it just seems filler and i mean even like the stuff with the nurse like that wasn't really necessary i know why it was there so he could find her um find Lori, but yeah i don't know it's just uh and i and i did like the bathroom scene like i said but and it wasn't all bad before that or anything like that. But yeah, it just kind of drags. I didn't find myself too invested in this one, except for those last 20 minutes. I was pretty pretty glued to the screen. I, I liked it. I liked how Michael looked in this one, the actual official mask that they used for most of it. He, he moved. He actually moved more like Michael from Halloween 1, the original, like Michael isn't always just like, I'm going to move baby steps and I'm going to hold the knife to my chest and move very, very, very slowly until it's time to like actually move my body quickly with my arms and stuff. That's not how Michael always goes. Like if you watch the, if you're remembering the original, like the way Nick Castle portrayed it is there was times where he was power walking. Like he's not completely incapable of that. So I liked seeing a Michael that was more, his stature was more aggressive, more like, I'm going to come get you, but I'm still going to take my time while I do it, rather than I'm very slowly, you know, like a turtle. Like, you know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, the part four and five do very much the ghost thing. Yeah. Almost like the Jason thing where I'm walking slowly, but I'm exactly. going to catch you anyway. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, one of the things... I do like about this movie is just the intensity and ferocity of Michael and just the strong performance of Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, what two things I really don't like about this movie is I didn't, even though I liked it for the last three minutes quite a bit, I I'm very torn on the climax. I'm very torn on that last like minute and a half of the movie. Um, because this movie retcons so much. It retcons four, five and six and whatever, our listeners may think of those movies. Those movies set a lot of groundwork and did their best to kind of 
build on the mystery of Michael Myers. And if you're going to throw all that away, if you're going to toss out three It's got to be worth it, yeah. It's got to be worth it. And you got it. Now you have to do the work they did. You have to do three movies of work or at least one really good movie of work because it's like, okay, well, if those movies don't exist, then how, how did he survive the fire in part two? Why is he immortal? Why does he have super strength? Where has he been all these years? You know, I just... And none of it's answered. You threw away the answers, but you didn't replace them. So that that is a really sore point for me. I hate that. Um, I'm not like I said. You don't have to even really answer the questions. Maybe talk about it though. Maybe bring up why is he not on fire? Maybe just have <laughs> why is he not address that. I just, I just feel like that's a that's a good question. Twenty Maybe years ask. later, yep. Here's the here's his ashes that are just still sitting on the ground. <laughs> I mean, and presumably, I think it's implied that Loomis did die in that fire. Am I right? I think so, yeah. I, I If they explained it, I didn't quite catch it. Like I said, in the beginning of the film, I was a lot less invested than I was towards the end. Um, so I might have missed that detail, but that's my guess, is that that's what they're they're explaining? Or, that, so or that's I... what they're going with? I'd really like to know why he has eyes. I think that's a fair question. I, I don't think I'm being nitpicky. He he should. I want to know why he has eyes after being shot in the eyes. I don't get that anyway. But you, you see my point. I just feel like if you're going to throw away, if you're going to be pompous enough to say that the last two Loomis movies weren't good and should be thrown out, you better make a good fucking movie. You better, and you better answer all the questions they tried to answer. You better answer all the questions that Paul Rudd tried to answer. And if you don't, then it's just like, oh, what was the fucking point? So that's really disappointing. That really marks hard against the movie. So that brings me to the end. Why do I not like the climax? Well, can anyone tell me why Michael Myers was reaching his hand out to Laurie? Can anyone give me an answer on that? <sighs> well, I mean, I movie goes. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of do too. But yeah, Someone... so... I mean, yeah, we don't need to spoil it here, but yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's that's assuming that they wrote, like, they knew where the next movie was going to go, like, how they're going to explain, you know, Michael moving on from this movie with his head chopped off. Um, that's assuming that they knew how they were going to explain that, which I don't necessarily know that they did. I didn't know, I don't, I'm not aware of that they planned the whole twist that they reveal in the next one. I'm not entirely, I don't think that was the case. I thought this was supposed to be the end, but if it is the end, I completely agree with you. Why is he reaching out for her? Like, is it a play? Is he doing it to trick her? Is he doing it so that she'll come close and then, you know, put the ax down, then he can, you know, kill her. I don't know. To me, it's very unmichael to play possum like that. Like he doesn't, I can't recall him ever doing that before, you know, like, is, is, is he capable of like trying to act like he's, he's changed his ways and then he lures somebody into letting their guard down and then takes him. I don't know. To me, that's, we've had moments like with Jamie where she got Michael to kind of stop in his tracks and like clearly thinking about something but this is like the complete opposite. This is Michael trying to stop somebody from harming him and him playing that moment up where like the emotional moment. So yeah, I just thought it was really, really odd. I don't really get him reaching out to her. I also don't get the reaching at his mask like that to me. 
Like I said, I know the twist ending, and we won't get into that, but it's like, if this is truly Michael, why is he like, when he wakes up, he looks shocked. Like, oh, where am I? Like, Who am I? Like, yeah, I'm like, a mask? Yeah, I know. It's just, it's really awkward. I don't get it. Yeah, just, um, I mean, you could have set it up. Like, if there was some exposition to explain where Michael's been and maybe introduce some new information about him, Maybe his response while he was all Ben Tramered against that tree may have made sense. But they don't tell us. They don't give us any information. I don't even know why. Because the director is a very smart dude. I have a lot of respect for him. So I don't I don't know what happened here. Um, but that's really disappointing. So those are my marks against the movie. There's like I said, it's beautifully shot. The movie looks gorgeous. Um Yeah, it's it's it well, does fall a lot better than the first one did. And maybe that's being unfair, but it's true. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. The um, evening lighting, like the dusk, like the 6 p.m. kind of lighting. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. I can actually see things in this movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we didn't really talk about it in Halloween 6 too much because there was just other things to talk about. But the movie was so dark. <laughs> like I couldn't see what was going on half the time. And it wasn't just because of the quality of the movie. It was just dark. It was just so... A lot of, a lot of dark. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I don't, I don't really have much else to say. I mean, you covered it. We kind of covered it. I thought Lori was strong. I thought her character was really strong. I like the less of a victim this time around and more of a, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this accountability or not accountability, but you know, she's going to, she's going to take a stand this time. She's not going to just try and get away this time. She's outright trying to get rid of Michael. She realizes it's like you, you've said before, like, is anybody going to treat him like he's supernatural? Clearly she did in this film because she knew, oh, just because I stabbed him six times and then pushed him off of this ledge and so on and so forth. She knew that that wasn't going to be enough. She wanted to finalize it and make sure that it was done, cut his head off. There's no coming back from that. Like, I like that. I like that part about her. I like the way Michael was acting and his mannerisms, his look rest of the characters didn't really care for it's it's our first halloween film with michael myers that's missing loomis and i feel like i feel like laurie did well to carry that but it was still you know he was still missed in my opinion it's just it's hard to replace that character just they didn't even really replace it but i thought laurie did good at stepping up to the plate but i agree though i mean they did i don't like the idea of replacing jamie and all that um but I mean, I guess you, the movies still exist. It's not like they don't exist, regardless of what's canon or what whatever. I mean, those movies still exist, so there's still that timeline or whatever you want to call it. So I, I still appreciate what they did in those. And is this worth it? If you just did this movie and you didn't continue it with the next one, I would say maybe because they brought it back to Laurie and they... they they kind of took what worked about the franchise and tried to recapture that, but it doesn't end here. So they kind of just, well, we'll save that for the next one. But uh, yeah. It's just a really poor gesture to uh, Donald Pleasance because it's like, you know, 10 years ago, they're like, come on, Donald Pleasance, do these new Halloween movies with us. They're going to be so great. We'll have so much fun. Then he dies, and then they're like, those movies were shit. Let me show you a real Halloween movie. It's just kind of a fuck you to Don Pleasance. I don't like it at all. But well, um, I mean, I don't think it was 4 and 5 that made him 
do that, I think it was six. I mean, if we're really looking at it, yeah, I, it's not that they couldn't have written Lori back into the story where Jamie existed because they could have easily just Lori was still there. She was presumed dead. That's why Jamie was being taken care of by another family. And all you had to do is Lori's in, you know, maybe she, I don't know what the hell happened, but at one point she goes into detect, uh, into protective services and she gives up Jamie because she wants her to have a better life. Whatever the case, maybe it's your reasoning that she just wasn't fit to be a parent at that time, but then she has her son John at a later time when she's more stable. Whatever the reason... Well, we just take out Josh Hartnett. Just take him out. Problem solved. Yeah, I mean, either way, I think it's the fact that they went the cult direction in 6 that they really didn't like, so I think that was probably where they definitely were like, let's just restart this, let's kind of pretend those didn't exist, let's go a different direction, is because... Once you go the cult direction and you have Loomis as a, you know, where they leave all those characters off, that's when they kind of put the cart before the horse, so to speak. They jumped the shark and they didn't know how to write themselves out of it. So they're like, yeah, let's just get Jamie Lee Curtis back. Let's go back to Laurie Strode. Let's go back to basics, basically. Basics, basically. Anyways, so, but I I agree. I mean, I would have preferred keep Jamie, you know, write Laurie back in. Write them both in. Let's have Jamie and Laurie. But let's just pretend Halloween 6 didn't exist and let's <laughs> go from there. And you can have Jamie and you can have Laurie in the same movie. To me, that's like a, that's even cooler to think about, you know, mother, you know, re finding her daughter and that she gave up for whatever reason or was taken from her. We don't know. But uh, yeah, missed opportunity, I guess. But uh, this is the movie we got. Um Quick Overall, shout out to Jodie Lynn O'Keefe, by the way. I thought she was good. Which one was she? She's the the one of the teenagers, but the the one the, the first the, the one with the fucked up leg. Oof, yeah, yeah. She did a good job, my opinion, and and she's kind of hot. <laughs> Are you trying to score brownie points here? You're like, I hope she's listening and available. I, I, <laughs> I thought she gave a great performance. And I was just hot too. She's like, you're like, <laughs> she she stole the show. <laughs> like the way she was crawling with her leg Bravo, hanging half bam. off. Oh my no! Like I don't think Jamie Lee could have done that. <laughs> <laughs> she, I mean, she was she's good though. Um. <laughs> uh, she was definitely. Just, I, I mean, no offense to the the other lead teenage actress, but like, she. I just. I. I, I didn't remember her like after the movie was over. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know you're talking. Jodie Lynn O'Keefe, if I'm even saying that right, was much more like, I think, representative of that like late '90s like high school chick. I right. think she did that very well. If you ever saw The Craft, that's the vibe I got from. Yeah, I got what you're. So good stuff. I got what you're saying. Yep, and I have seen that movie talking about the goth chick or whatever but uh yeah anyways so that's our thoughts on the movie all we really have left is to give our scores on it do you want to take this one first you want me to go first i'll take it d d so i'm gonna go c minus on this one i think the extra 20 minutes or whatever or like the finalizing 20 minutes still makes it enjoyable to me but Overall, not the best film minus for me. It's in between a C minus and a D plus, so I'm kind of right there with you on it. And I think just all in all, was it really worth it? 
Probably not. I like the idea of bringing Jamie Lee Curtis back into the fold, Laurie Strode back into the fold. It was done well when it was done well, but at like when it wasn't done well, it just wasn't interesting. It wasn't entertaining. It was just there. It was a movie with a ton of filler in it. And out of an hour and a half, it had 20 to 30 minutes that were worth watching. So if you take out the Josh Hartnett stuff, I'd be happy to raise my score to a C plus, but there's a lot of Josh Hartnett stuff. So it's going to have to remain a D. Sure. So D and C minus, and that'll wrap it up for Halloween H2O. So that means what we have next is Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. I hope you're ready. (laughs) Have you seen Halloween Resurrection? No. Okay. Well, I've seen it a couple times. Uh, yeah, it's another one that I don't really watch start to finish. So it'll be interesting sitting down and actually focusing on it. So look forward to that, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you comment below. Let us know what you think of this movie, what you thought of Laurie's performance. Michael, was it really worth it? What did you think of Josh Hartnett? Just let us know all of the thoughts on what you felt about Halloween H2O. On that note, we will catch you next time with Halloween Resurrection. Take care. See you later, everybody.